Welcome to the Westminster Chapel podcast. For more information and to support our mission to London and beyond, please visit westminsterchapel.org.uk. It's great. Well, you're joining us on a very unusual Sunday um, in that I didn't expect to be here uh, today speaking to you um, because Andy Megan, who was meant to be uh, preaching today, he's not been very well. He thought he had COVID. Thankfully, early this morning, he discovered it was negative, but he's not well enough to be here. Um, our executive pastor is off with COVID as well. Um, and a number of others, are, are personally, he's our hosting team and, and a fair few others. So um, we apologize for that. We are muddling through today, just believing for God's presence to be with us and for good health for all those who are battling this awful, awful virus. Well, since I have... Um, shared before from some of my Christmas messages, and I've begun a few of them by sharing Christmas cracker jokes. I thought I would begin again that way, um, and I would actually share the two Christmas cracker jokes that my kids got in their crackers this week. Um, so are you ready for this moment of terrible humor? Um, okay, <laughs> here we go. My first joke is this. Um, which athlete is the warmest? Which athlete is the warmest? This is my daughter's joke. Um, that would be the long jumper. Oh. <laughs> oh, here's the other one. It's my son's. Which of Santa's reindeer is the naughtiest? That would be Rudolph, because he's rude. Rudolph. Yeah, I didn't like that one so much either. <laughs> um, now, those jokes probably didn't really make many of you laugh that much, but I wonder, can you remember the time when you had that, that kind of a laugh that's like a belly deep laugh, that sense of joy that kind of pulsates through your body? When was the last time you felt like that? That you had that moment was just overcome. You can't stop laughing deep in your soul. Can you imagine what it'd be like if you could just bottle that up? and intensify it and stick it somewhere safe, like deep inside you to protect you from anything else going on around in the world so you never lose that sense of joy. Well, that's the kind of joy I want to talk to you about today. It's a little bit, we're getting there, a little bit about that kind of joy today. And it's an amazing joy because it's a fear-destroying joy. It's a joy that really destroys fear. Now, not the kind of good kind of fear. There's two, two main types of fear. There's a good fear. There's like this reverent awe, amazement fear at this really the goodness of God. He's just unbelievably good. He's so good compared to us human beings. It's, it's a bit scary, actually. He's that good, and it's like, whoa, there's that fear. That's not the fear that this joy is getting rid of. I hope you can see that. It's this other fear. It's this dark, evil fear that Yoda from Star Wars says leads to the dark side. That is the fear that this kind of joy gets rid of because the angel shows up in the passage. Did you notice that? Verse 10 of chapter 2. The angel says, fear not. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Now, there's lots of reasons to be pretty fearful right now. Maybe you've been reading the news in the last 24 hours and you woke up a little bit more anxious and fearful than you did the day before because of what's going on with COVID in the landscape. Maybe you know people who've got it and so on. So many reasons to be afraid right now. But that's all the other stuff as well. People fear rejection. 
I want to do like, could, could have done a little poll, but I won't embarrass you like that. Who fears rejection? But I think that's all of us. Who fears, you know, failure? Who fears not being good enough? Who fears letting other people down? Who fears just not making it in life? Who fears for their own health and well-being? Who fears about death are going to die? So much to fear about. And the angel comes in this passage and says, fear not. Do not be afraid. Why? Why? Because the angel says, because I bring you good news of great joy. Of great joy. Do you have that note that says great joy? Got to note some of the words sometimes in the Bible. It doesn't say a little bit of joy. You know, or like you're ordering your coffee and it's like I'm going for a tall cup of joy or a, I don't know, a grande cup of joy. This is venti joy. This is great, big, massive, amazing dollops of, of just supernatural, awesome joy. In this world, that kind of joy, this kind of joy I'm talking about is really hard to find. It's a little bit like grasping for a wet bar of soap. The, kind of, the moment that you, kind of, you get it in your fingers, you kind of pick it up and it sort of runs around like that and, and disappears off the stage. That's kind of what we do in a sense when we're live. We're, we're searching for this joy. You're trying to grasp at joy in all these kinds of places, trying to find it, reach for it. Maybe you do that in a packet of Haribo or chocolate <laughs> or more seriously, in friendships. You know, with people, in achievements, in, in applause, in the praise of other people, you're searching for it. And they do give a little bit of joy. Let's be honest, they do, but it never lasts. It never lasts because it's dependent upon external circumstances. And the joy that we're talking about today is an inner contentment that isn't dependent on external circumstances. So nothing in the world can crush. But why then, in all our search for this joy, does it never work? Why can't we find it in all these other things that we reach for? Because there's something wrong with the world and us in the world. It's called sin, you see. Basically, our selfishness, for want of a better word, individually and collectively, has distorted and disfigured the good creation that God has made. And so then we find ourselves in this broken position, not happy, unsatisfied in life, reaching in all these wrong ways to try and fix what's broken in us and in others and around the world. And it doesn't work because we're part of the problem. So we need rescuing. We need a joy to come down. We need a heavenly joy that you can't find in this world that's not available on earth. Who can have this joy? Well, the angel clearly says here, I bring you good news of great joy for all the religious people who show up in church on time. No one noticed that that wasn't in there. It's like, <laughs> he's serious. No, of course not. That's not what the angel says, but I think that's what we think. Good news of great joy is for all the goody two-shoes people who live really holy and moral lives. Now, I'm not knocking that. I think there should be an outworking of a good life that a Christian lives, but that's not the basis of our inclusion. The angel says good news of great joy for all the people, and that's what the Christmas story is about. Mary, young, poor, woman is chosen, despised, despicable, probably criminal shepherds are invited 
the kings, the wise men, they were foreigners, quite possibly pagan star worshippers. They're called to be part of this Christmas. The point is that this offer of joy is available to everyone, whoever you are, whatever you've done. No one is excluded from the invitation to experience this amazing, great joy. But what is it based upon? Where does this joy come from? You don't just work it up. Well, the angels give us a clue in verse 14. They say, peace to all people. If you go back into the previous chapter, you've got another song being given at the end of chapter chapter 1 of Luke's gospel, this first century biography about Jesus. And he talks about our feet being guided in the way of peace because of this one who's coming, Jesus It's about peace. Joy is a byproduct. It's a consequence. It's an outworking of a peace. Not any ordinary peace, but a divine peace of being in right relationship with God. Again, a deep peace, a real peace, an authentic peace, a life-changing peace. And a peace which is possible because Jesus doesn't remain a baby in a cradle. He grows up to die on a cross to take the penalty for this wrongdoing, our sin, our selfishness upon himself. There must be justice in the world. If God is a God of justice, he must judge sin for what it is. And so he comes himself on a cross, suffers and is nailed to it, so that our sin, so that your sin can be dealt with and forgiven. All of the guilt that you might feel in life, past, all of the guilt that you might ever feel in life in the future, that sense of feeling rotten, that sense of feeling crushed because you you got things wrong, all, all, all of that stuff that hangs over you, gone, cleansed, gotten rid of. All of the shame you feel, that sense of of rubbishness, of of feeling dirty and ugly as a person because you've done these things or you should have done those good things but you didn't. All of that got rid of at the cross and peace reigning in its place. When you have that, joy starts to come. A joy that's not of this world. It's like King David, if you know him in your Bible, he was a man who who lusted and he committed adultery. Some would argue he, he raped a woman and then he killed her husband to try and cover it up. And he describes the weight of sin and guilt and shame upon him that his bones felt crushed in absolute agony. But the moment that he prayed to the God of mercy for forgiveness, he says, they began to rejoice again. Joy returned to his, his body, his being, his life over his sins being forgiven. And that joy can be yours. Maybe you heard it in the great song, Oh Happy Day. Oh Happy Day. The day when Jesus washed my sins away. Oh Happy Day. I am changed forever, never the same again. You can know this joy 
It's an absolute assurance of your standing with God. That you are right with God. That you're not just safe. That you're loved. It's a joyful assurance of the forgiveness of sins. It's a joyful assurance that you know where you're going when you die. To paradise. In the presence of this God of love. That you know that your, your place in this new heavens and new earth is secure. This world that's going to be remade without sin, sickness, suffering or death. Where no eye shall shed a tear. Where there'll be no, there'll be no awful stuff that is out there in the world. No viruses, no COVID, no isolation, no quarantine. Nothing but pure, unadulterated joy, supersized in the presence of God for all eternity. That is what a believer gets simply the moment that they believe. The moment that they trust Christ. This joy. This joy, you see, it's a joy. If you could bottle that up, I believe that is what God wants to beat inside of every single one of you. What can man do to me? What can this world do to me? What can COVID do to me? Because I know this joy. Do you need to know this joy? Have you discovered this joy? Do you need his embers maybe fanned into flames again in your life? Well, how do you get this joy? Well, you make like the shepherds in the passage. What did they do? God spoke to them through an angel. And they did what? They obeyed. They went. They saw. They investigated. And then they, well, they bowed down. They worshipped. They went away. They glorified. And they praised God. And they wanted to tell everybody about what they'd seen. Now you might be like, well, I can't, I don't get the privilege to go back in time to see the place where Jesus was born. Maybe if I was there, then I would believe. But I want to say to you, you can travel back in time. Through the first century biographies that were written about this story, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I say first century because we have manuscript evidence, copies of copies of copies that date back very, very early. Better attested evidence than any other historical document that exists, I would argue, in the world. And then there's the internal evidence of the documents themselves that they contain within them first century evidence, which for me as a lawyer thoroughly impresses me of its credibility. They get the names right. They get the biology, the botany. They get the, the historical details, the geography. They get all of that right in the first century for Palestine. You had to really be living at that time to know those details. If you were writing later, you would have got all of that wrong. We are looking at the original accounts and they had no reason to make it up to fabricate it, that would be crazy because they're facing persecution. They're being martyred. They're being killed for what they believe. You wouldn't want that. You wouldn't make that up. That, would, that would make, wouldn't make sense. We can go back. We can see for ourselves. You can. The truthfulness of this great Christmas story and as you do that, I believe that you will discover that God came so that you can have the assurance of your sins forgiven. 
all the wrong things you've ever done and all the good things that you should have done but you didn't do, forgiven. And you can have the assurance, the joyful assurance of salvation. Death has no hold of you anymore. And that means that you don't need to cower or be controlled by fear. What is there to fear? Because I have this joy, this joy, the joy of Christ, his person beating inside me. And that's what the wonderful carol, Joy to the World, is all about. We're going to sing it in a moment. It was written in 1719 by Isaac Watts. And it begins, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king, the true king, the creator of the cosmos, coming back. And then it says, let every heart make him room. Will you? Will you make him room? Will you humble yourself? Will you admit your need of him and say, I can't, I need a rescuer can't do this on my own. I can't save myself. I need Jesus. If you'll do that, you'll make room for him. And I tell you, his joy will take up residence inside you and it will transform your life. Let me take a moment just to pray as the band come up. Lord God, we thank you again. That in this time of fear and uncertainty, we can have the absolute confidence that you are with us. You're with every person who proclaims and professes to believe in you. Lord, that you are inside our boat in this storm. The joy of fellowship, the joy of friendship with you is ours. And no matter what wind or waves come and battle our way. You are there with us. And in a moment, in your own time, you can simply speak a word and all will be still. Because all is well with our souls. Because we have peace. Peace with you. And because we have peace with you, we can have peace with one another. So Lord, I pray today across this auditorium for all those listening that you would help every one of us to make room for you to enter in, to flood our hearts with joy that flows out of the peace that you won for us at the cross, that fears would die down and joy would increase as we know that we are safe, that we are secure, that nothing can separate us from your extraordinary love revealed to us 2,000 years ago by coming and dying for us in our place. Amen. Thanks for listening to Sermon Audio from Westminster Chapel. If you'd like to partner with us in making disciples and sharing the gospel, please consider making a one-off or regular donation. Visit westminsterchapel.org.uk forward slash giving to find out how.